All subject matter in the preceding podcast is entirely alleged and not admissible in a court of law. A recklessly minimal effort has been taken to change the names and details of any guilty parties. And just in case you rat bastards get any ideas, the hosts of this podcast are notorious and well-documented liars with no legally admissible credibility. This is Mama C, and you're listening to Notes from the Pin podcast. Welcome to prison, bitch. Welcome back to the Notes from the Pen podcast. Uh, this is Jen with Bobby. Um, just kind of talk a little bit about his current mind state. Everyone knows that prison is uh, generally a little low on serotonin. And um, Bobby's really been feeling that lately. And uh, we both think that you know, putting you know those words into recording, making something out of it, is probably the most healthy way, like, talking through that and kind of showing everyone um, that that those valleys are not, like, few and far between, um, particularly when it's, you know, your constant state of being. So we thought maybe that people would be interested to hear what his mind frame has been like right now. Um, it's July. We're in the middle of working on the next season. But um, we're going to stop this in somewhere because it's really important to talk about. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I feel amazing all the time. I'm in prison, and life is just peachy and fucking great and uh, positive, except when it's not, you know. And then it's weird for me because for multiple reasons since, like, starting this whole thing, I wanted it to be like a a journal, like a documentation of, of this whole personal experience of prison and stuff. But then I found myself, and this isn't just because of the show. This happened long, long before the show. I, I, I had, I felt the need to kind of portray or to minimize the negative aspects of or the struggles I was going through to spare the people that care about me, specifically Mama C, um, from adding any more stress or, or worry onto her that she couldn't really do anything much about anyways, you know? And the show kind of compounded that too, because I know there's a lot of people that have reached out to me um, on JK and Twitter who like relate to this, to the positive stuff that I'm able to access while in such a negative place. And that goes in the back of my mind as well, like, huh? And so you'll like, not even like an intentional, like I'm gonna keep this from people. You like, I'll find myself like putting a fucking my best foot forward and a happy face and all that other shit. But it's not the full truth, and this whole thing has always been warts and all. And you know, you hit those valleys. And I, I say, like, prison, prison, a prison sentence, especially a long one, is, is kind of something like being underwater, you know. It's, the first 30 seconds ain't so bad. But, you know, it gets exponentially worse the longer you're underwater. You know, the, they're all, your entire time underwater isn't equal. Like, the longer you go from from your, your last breath, the... Uh, the more strenuous it gets, and so yeah, lately it's just been uh, been fucked up, not feeling it, you know, and it's been a whole amalgamation of 
different influences, um, one of which that's newer, I guess, is the mon- I guess is the monotony and like stifling the sti- I mean the soul crushing monotony of prison in general, but specifically this joint is some next level shit, and I can feel it doing shit to me psychologically. That's really. I can tell that, like, this is all, this is, like, next-level shit. It's really torturous, and I don't use those words lightly. It's, like, psychologically torturous, the lack of even visual stimulation, but anything to do or see that's not just this small little group of chairs. Even the tables are prearranged. They never move. They can't. They're bolted to the ground. The microwaves were there. Like, every, nothing changes in here. And I can feel it like a really detrimental effect, like psychologically on me. That makes me, you know, uh, with other stuff, like, just makes me really, like, be at a loss sometimes and just really get a case of the fuckets, which I think I've been kind of doing my best to stave off over the last couple months, but it's just the mask is slipping, you know? And so we've been kind of talking about that here and there, and there's moments where we, me and you, I'll be talking to you, right? And I'll just break into, like, this fucking monologue about about what I'm going through, and, I, and like, leaves you rather speechless, right? Yeah, because there's not, not a response that can help, and there's, there's nothing I can do to relate. Um, and it's similar to those you've had in the past, but I think it's compounded by the fact that you're seeing now people that you know go home. So, like, your time feels so much longer because a lot of the usual suspects are getting, uh, you know, the runway cleared to get out of there. And um, it doesn't really make sense. And, yeah, it's hard because... for anyone who's in your life, there's only so much we can do. And uh, I know listening helps, but, like, it does still kind of through this because the most you can do is, like, send a book or, like, take some pictures, send them over. Or, like, there's not much to alleviate the, like, crux of it, which is just, like, an intentional mind game. Like, it's, like, gaslighting almost. Like, <laughs> they, like, put you in this place with it literally basically padded walls. Um and then expect you to be okay. And they're, they're mad when you're not. Uh, but everyone, every professional would say that that is not a sustainable state of being. Well, it's really hard not to let despair, which is, like, destroys you inside. It destroys your soul, the despair. So it's much easier to let it turned to anger because you have have someone to like direct that towards outwardly instead of inwardly which is you spend your whole time doing and then it's also easy because this place gives you every reason to be angry and I was just telling you the thing that like when our phone cut off last I, I was in the middle of saying like it's getting really hard not to become bitter 
not towards institutions and systems and, and, and all the stuff that I would already saw the flaw and the bullshit in, in the past. But it's like, it's really hard not to become bitter towards humanity in general when, when it feels like not nobody, but close to nobody that you, that you don't know personally gives a fuck that this stuff is going on. And also, you know, like you said, they literally set everything up for the worst possible scenario when you get out so that you're destroyed spiritually, you're destroyed mentally, you're destroyed financially, you're destroyed socially. And none of those are exaggerations. Just think about that shit for a second. They do everything or they set everything up to ensure that you are destroyed. You're behind the eight ball in every aspect, socially, mentally, spiritually, and financially. And then they release you and go, not only do you need to be successful, but if you're not, if you're not, we're going to bash you over the fucking head with it. We're going to throw our hands up. We're going to act surprised. We're going to act disappointed. And we're going to send you back to this place for an even harsher or, or longer amount of time. And that is the way it is, right? I know that. I've known that. But when you're having like your your darkest moments when you're when you don't know like if you want to fucking scream or cry or just break curl up into a fucking ball and shiver those hypocrisies I just feel it like I do a lot of work not to let that let bitterness consume me but it's so hard and and for people who aren't making every effort I can barely do it and I don't think I'm I'm, this is the first time in my prison sentence where I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do it. And I don't mean, like, survive this. I mean come out the other end without, like, scars on my heart in a way that is uh, is sad and dangerous. And so I don't... I don't know what to do about it because you're watching this shit happening. I'm self-aware enough that I see this stuff happening and, and I see the place throwing their hands up or pretending like they're not doing it. And I see politicians ignoring it. And I see how this group that's fighting for prison reform, Michigan Justice Advocacy, can't get but 10 fucking people to come to their online town hall meetings. And then I'm one of the few people on the JP, so I printed up, and, and I'm looking at it right now, and there's, I had the guy at the law library print up the thing where they're talking about, we need your help and all this, and it's posted right next to the store kiosk and on the bulletin board. And I'm standing in line for the JP the other day, and I go, You have one minute remaining. There's two guys, like, reading it interestedly, and, and another guy comes up who I've had to cut into before about spreading fucking rumors that he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's like, the good time bill passed. I'm like, you don't know what the... Shut the fuck up. Stop saying shit like that. You're getting all these guys', guys hopes up. So he goes over there while they're reading. He goes, oh, this doesn't even apply to us. This doesn't even matter. And then the people just walk off. And I just wanted to fucking throttle him, right? He's in here. This shit affects him. And he not only does he not give a fuck, he's telling other people, like, don't worry about that. That shit doesn't matter. Right, and 
it just where do you find hope and and when I don't know man I, I don't know there's I don't know and yeah man you're not gonna I don't know now how do you what do you do thank you for using GTL yeah so like in my lesser moments I should that shit turns to frustration and anger and act to despair. It's like this whole fucking just cycle of all bad shit, right? And I know people will be like, well, you got to be, you know, I've gotten JPs from people and I, and I genuinely appreciate it. But when I'm in one of these moves where people are like, well, you got to look at the positive side of things and everything happens for a reason, which those are things I've said plenty of times, and I believe those things. But that doesn't—it doesn't—it doesn't fix shit when you're in the thick of it all the time. So uh, I felt super—you know this. I've said this to you. So I've said this shit to mom. See, I felt really, really, really disconnected from the viewers since the captain left. You and Mama C don't have, I'm not going to, you guys have too much going on for me to ask you to keep me up to date on on any, like, feedback or comments. And, you know, he was the person that all that shit circulated around. And he would interact with people and then tell me about it and say, so-and-so asked this, and they like how we're doing. And so I, since he left, I really feel like a hard lie, like a total cutoff, right? And that was like, this had become the thing for me that had that gave me a little bit of space outside of these walls right and and you know people say this on tv shows or radio shows like listen we wouldn't be anywhere without you we mean and there's there they mean it a little bit but their sanity and well-being and like that's not their only form of like actual human connection that's what this is for this that's what this became for me and it in a place where I, where I lost everything in 2013 and had, well, I didn't lose everything. I had Mama C in my corner still, and that's priceless. But for the most part, you know, and, and then that's, and, you know, she's always going to be there, and I'm grateful for that. But this thing gave me, I felt like a goddamn person again. Not a full person, but I felt like a person again. And now that's gone, too. I don't feel it anymore. I don't know who's listening. I don't know if anyone's fucking listening to this anymore. I mean, I see someone, you told me today that we hit 130,000 streams, which is the only thing I've heard, but it doesn't feel like anything. I don't give a shit about fucking numbers. You know what I mean? And so that's like a huge thing that's not, that's a part of this whole recent valley I've been in too, right? This is the, That's a huge part of it, and I didn't expect it. When the cat, when the ship, when the captain jumped ship, that was its own thing, right? Like dealing with him not being in my life anymore. But then I didn't expect it to be so hard. I didn't even foresee that that the viewers would become cut off from this. You know, from day one, we've been saying it's like an experiment in human connection, and it's. I feel like. 
it's failing. Not that to make connections out like people out there aren't getting some people. I don't feel connected anymore through any of this. And so then it becomes a thing where I'm like a burden to, to like, hey, can we record this? Oh, you got to buy this mixer. And then can we do this? And we, oh, we got, and we got to, it's just, so last night I, I was up and I've been going through shit like this and I'm going through my tablet and I'm looking for like anything, like anything. And I'm going through my old inbox and I'm going back, going back, going back. And when someone writes me and they include a stamp, everything on the, the screen is black and white, but towards the right of their name, on the right side of the margin, there's a yellow envelope, like icon. And when you, that means there's a prepaid stamp attached to it and I can write them back. But it also signals to me that they wrote me last because if I would have used their stamp, it'd be clear, it'd be white again. So I went through and looked at all of them and, and I ended up writing about 11 people last night um, who I've, like, people that had become important to me and I'd either, I certainly not t didn't take for granted, but was lost in my own shit and so, like, busy trying to continue this thing, whatever it is, to continue the show and still do all the stuff that comes with being able to survive in here that I had neglected writing a couple people. So I, I sat down and I wrote 12, 13 people. I just, some of them just to check in, but some of them longer. Like I wrote ghost gerbils, a long one. And, and I meant to just check in, but then it became this confessional where I was like venting to them and, and Ashley Bell too. I, I love Ashley Bell and, Martin Jenkinson and just I just wrote a bunch of people and as going back and like reading the things that they last wrote me I was like and these are like I'm going months back and um JD God JD's so fucking amazing and I, I go back and I'm reading these and it it gave me a little bit of that it was like double edged because it was like what a blessing to like have, have met these people and not just met them for them to be like, Hey, like I resonated with this thing enough to set up this clunky, confusing bullshit JPay account and send you a message and include a stamp. And it's like, that gave me a little bit more to hold on to like with humanity and shit. You know what I mean? And, uh, so I did that. I mean, that helped a little bit. I sent all those out this morning. But, um, yeah, I just think this is important for people to hear this stuff, too, as opposed to, you know, annoyingly positive Bobby C. And when the captain was around, he provided some of this, you know, the darkness. Um, and some of the, I think, the special dynamics in that was that I was behind bars in a place that should be doing what it's doing to me now, and I was trying as best I could to like lift him up out of what he was going through and uh I think about him a lot so I hope he's doing alright but yeah so that's kind of what's been going on with the kid lately just uh trying not to let this this shit get on top of me and I ain't doing such a good job you know and I thought yeah. maybe feeling like I was heard by just saying some of the stuff. 
ranting or whatever might. I, I'm out of ideas. Well, I'm out of ideas. I listen to this, and my first two thoughts are: you haven't been writing, and you haven't been meditating, and I think that you create this like cycle for yourself, where like you're not in the mood, and you have to be in a certain head frame. You think to start those things. And you're not in that head frame, you think, so you don't start. And you get further and further from that point yeah. to where I'm sure right now, if I told you to meditate, you'd say, fuck you. Like, what, what good yeah. is that going to do, right? Um, when I think in reality it would help, <laughs> but when you're so far from their headspace, it's hard to bring yourself back where that task seems reasonable. Same with writing. Like, you, you write your best shit when you're the most upset. But if you don't think of that thought yourself, which you have not been doing, it's hard to be told to right. do that when you feel so down. Um, but well, what I... There's all, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, hold on. Before you get to the next one, there's also this, this comfort and familiarity with this... Fuck it. With the fuck it. Right, and uh, I have been trying to write lately, but I'm stifled. I got three pieces. All right, we just put out the prison intercom piece. I wrote that like two months ago. Um, but I have three pieces that have started and like dwindled into like this is false starts. Um, but I have, but I haven't been doing the meditation thing as like I need to be doing. But you're right. There is a a level of fuck it. Like, fuck all of it. Like, fuck all of it. And you know what? Fuck you, too. Fuck everyone who's living their lives out there. And with the freedom not to give a shit about what's happening to other people. And I'm not saying that's right. And I'm not saying I'm not a hypocrite. And I'm not saying any of that stuff. I'm saying that that thought... It's not even a thought. That feeling thumps on my fucking ribcage. And it goes, fuck you, man. Fuck you. Fuck everyone. Fuck meditation. Fuck writing. Fuck this stupid fucking podcast and the stupid fucking website. And fuck the social media and, and, and everything. Because, because, just because, because fuck you. Because no one gives a shit. And that's, I'm not saying that's true, but that's, What's true is that the, that's where you go. That's the places, the depths you can reach when the shit never stops and when there's just layer upon layer upon layer of stuff that would make anyone's mind break, but then put you in a place where Groundhog Day would be lovely. If Groundhog Day, what Bill Murray went through, was what I'm going through, it would be beautiful. This is so much darker sinister torturous than that and then you add all that on top all mix all that bullshit together and your brain is just this and your heart is just this thing that is barely recognizable anymore and to operate from that system and try to get some momentum and trajectory to a good place is very much easier said than done you have one minute remaining. And your second thought was? <laughs> My second thought was that despite all of this, 
the people that you're around are still, you still treat them so well. Like you don't lash at anyone. You don't burn bridges. You don't um, still manage to cultivate relationships. And I visited last week. Thank you for using GTL. So we left off before um, talking about the fact that, you know, I, when I came to visit, um, I got to, to see Sensitive in the flesh along with his girl. And I know you said, you've said before that you hate that you call him Sensitive, but you don't want to call him by his name. It's any consolation for the public to know Sensitive pulls. His girlfriend is really cute. So, you know, he might have a little bit of a, a funny nickname, but uh, it worked out for him. So uh, maybe it's yeah, all. And he's, a, he's a really dedicated riff to up once the end. A mixed martial arts fighter, and uh, yeah, he's a really disciplined dude who who's younger and whatever. Go ahead. Sensitive plug. Okay, so my point that I was trying to make is the fact that like you always talk about how like uh, people in prison are like you're not there to make friends like you. They, they bother you. Always like complaining. You have a whole list of people all the time. Never the the usual suspects really, but people who have made you mad, pissed you off, are the reason that you're feeling the way that you are. Um, and it's easy to then forget the people that list you and the things of things in their life that are going well. And they do. Um, his, his girlfriend was knew your name. My name has heard about you from him. Um, he talks so highly of you and like, so does a lot of the people that you've been with. And I don't think that you have the chance to appreciate that. And you know, you're, you're constantly battling this, like this valley. Right. But even so, and even when you indulge in it, you feel like you're disappointing people. But the, pe- the, the body that people get to experience is still a good impact on them, even when you're in this. Because prison's not a cakewalk. You've been in there for a long time. You deal with your own shit. But somehow, even when you feel like you are struggling, you're helping other people. And um, I, I could see the way he looked at you. Like, he looks up to you a lot. And you guys have a real rapport. You, as well as Marshall, I feel like... Marshall messages me pretty frequently to like give you news about himself. He's so excited to tell you about like the job he's got and how he's seeing his kid. He's got a union gig recently. He's making good money and is like credits a lot of it to you. He wants you to know that he's doing well. Um, and I feel like you might not appreciate that the lasting impact. Um, and there's a difference between like short-term accolades and like long-term personal impact and, you can help a few guys just in there, not even viewers, like just a couple guys in there through your process, um, feel a little bit more ownership over their lives and themselves and like a little bit more at peace. I think it's, it's hard to say it's worth it, but I think it's a huge impact that most people, even in the world, don't have the chance to make on other people. Um, there's this like saying that your job posting will be posted before your obituary that like the world moves on without you. Um, but you have found this kind of unique impactful way of kind of imprinting yourself on other people in the most like impactful of ways. Like I, I think that you don't get to hear that. And, um, and I said it to you before, like, I think, it's amazing that, you know, when Cassius is asked about you, he is like, oh, yeah, that's my dad, whatever. 
you know, he hears about you. He sees your mom on the phone with you. Maybe you're like, whatever. He says, Oh, is that my dad? Like, I want to talk to him. Like, I miss him. I love him. Like you were able to have an impact on him in like three years. That still remains <laughs> even, you know, most of your memories aren't even like cemented. Then he's still, you still stand out to him as someone that he wants in his life and like feels like love and affection for and how a lot of parents don't even get that from kids they see every day. Right. And, um, it would be really easy for you to, um, I think overlook the way that people in your life see you because maybe they don't tell you, but I'm telling you right now what, what they all feel. Maybe we just don't communicate enough. Um, and I think it makes a huge difference for people to know that it's not for nothing. And, um, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's hard to, uh, say anything about it, you know, without sounding like a douche. At least I'm not on my end. A douche on your own podcast, Bobby? <laughs> One of the things that happens in here, especially with us in here, that the, the interactions are so superficial that, uh, uh, aside from being like a mentor, to the, I mean, like to maybe to, to Ch- Marshall and, and Zach, that's since that's real name. Well, we can start calling them Zach. Um, <laughs> but they're younger and stuff. But you know, when I was writing the, all the people I was mentioned earlier um, back last night, two of them are Chef and Taylor Tay Tay that got out. That was just we were able to have like meaningful people, people who we would have thought were shy, but they're kind of like me in a way that. That they they don't they're not they don't indulge in much verbal doodling right so we had some conversations and they were, you know and and where they're intelligent but troubled but also well intentionally people who if you're just willing to interact and have genuine conversations with people and listen to them and like give your perspective and all that type of thing that's really missing in here which you should would think would be like the easiest thing, the most basic, simple thing to provide for people. Um, has, you know, has been like, a, that has been a reward. Like when Chef or anyone writes me out there, and not in a way they're writing me like, thank you for everything you did, but, you know, Chef mentioned and mentioned like, hey man, some of those conversations we had right before I left, like really changed the way I thought about some things. And, I, and I'm not saying it like I was, like, divulging these things. I'm saying, like, we come to these realizations and conversations we're having together, you know? And uh, that is one of the meaningful things. And, you know, without being in this hellhole, I, I wouldn't be able to meet and learn from the, them as well, you know? So I guess if we're doing silver linings, I guess that's one. Um, in an otherwise literally cloudy, rainy day on a yard that's on the verge of being shut down, Um so, yeah, so if you guys uh, survived this podcast and um, haven't emptied your SSRIs um, directly into your coffee mug and you're going to make it through the day, I uh, maybe I don't always say it, but I love you guys. This is a prison podcast. Shit happens. The phone conversation gets cut in half. It picks up again where Bobby and Jen are talking about fielding notes from the pen, questions from viewers. Because he's going to be handling all the viewer questions and stuff. So can someone respond to a note from the pen? Um, yeah, I think it's 19, 1978 Random Hero. 
Oh, what a easy to remember. <laughs> Non-random name. Yeah. 1978 random hero. Um, so what would they do? They would just, like, if they had a question or a comment, and uh, I just, you know, the captain was so great at filling so many different aspects, fulfilling so many different aspects of, of the show that um, now it's, like, broken up into individual people, and I kind of want, with, like, J.D. started as a, just a simple viewer to kind of be the point man on some of this stuff and be the person that fields questions and comments and does all that. He's, he's really good at that. And, uh, you know, whether you have one minute remaining, whether you're on Twitter or Patreon, visit, you know, notes from the pen, check us out on Patreon. If you can, well, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you're probably on it. Anyways, you know, uh, we love you and we're appreciative. You're here and go fuck yourself as well. So on behalf of me and the 23 year old, I guess we're gone. I guess we're gone. Hi, everybody. Mama C here. For the complete library, full episodes, and bonus content, and mainly to support this cause, visit Notes from the Pen on Patreon. To learn more about Bobby and prison reform, visit our website, notesfromthepen.com, and follow us on Twitter to stay current. This has been another Notes from the Pen production.